Suns need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Love hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs here. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are going to talk about the Heat game, talk about Isaac Okoro, and I have a rant of some sort I'm going to go off about a team people are talking about as it relates to a Cavs building block. That's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast where we're not going to try to pick a Colin Sexton fight every single day of our existence. Find us on every podcast platform. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Evan, how you doing, buddy? Did you did you have a good uh, April 4th, uh, a.k.a. Easter if you celebrate, a.k.a. a day to like eat food and see people as it's safe yeah. if you're vaccinated and things? Yeah, no, uh, I saw some folks who were all vaccinated and good and taken care of, but I watched Lizard vs. Bunky Saturday night and... Um, it's a dumb movie, but I had fun watching it. Um, my girlfriend watched it with me, and she's like, you really like these? I'm just like, listen, I know I'm like really pretentious about movies and snobby about them, but like these are the movies where I shut my brain off, and I watch two CGA monsters slap each other to death where King Kong wields an atomic battle axe and then has his heart restarted by a um, nuclear-powered like exploration ship, and then... Mecha Godzilla is taken over by King Ghidorah's conscience and kills everybody operating it. It's just a weird time. Like I could care less about the human stuff in those movies. I just want to watch a CG mess just slap each other around for forty minutes, and that's what I got in the end. All I know about that movie is 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 just sort of this fact. Number one, Brian Tyree Henry in this universe hosts a conspiracy theory podcast. Correct. And Billy Bobby Brown, a.k.a. the the breakout star of Stranger Things, is really into this podcast. And I heard a Kyle Chandler line, a.k.a. the legendary Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights, say, you need to, to paraphrase, you need to stop listening to that podcast and go to school. And Kyle Chandler is Millie Bobby Brown's dad, I believe? Yes. Um, first off, this is my hot take. Millie Bobby Brown is a terrible actor outside of Stranger Things. Like she's okay, not she's, very she's, good. She's like thirteen. Let's like get, let's cut her. She's some slack. an it's adult. Hard. Drake's hitting on her. I think that's why it's legal. I'm gonna be wrong she's like, here. She's, she's seventeen, like, she's like, so it's illegal what Drake's doing. But um, she's just not a very good actress. And like the human stuff's just kind of silly and nonsensical. But that movie has no breaks. Like you just go from point A to point B to point C to point D, and like there's no like time to catch your breath. And because it's just basically the whole point is they try to get Godzilla and King Kong in the same area, and eventually they do. Like, um, I'm gonna spoil one scene. King Kong speaks sign language, and I started giggling. That's how funny it is. And then there's another scene where Godzilla uses his nuclear breath. He revs like literally revs up like a car. Shouts to Rock Auto and breathes his nuclear fire into the earth and drills through the earth itself. And I'm just like, this movie's so stupid, and I love every second of it. Evan, you know who else drew through the earth this weekend? Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro when he blocked Victor Oladipo. 
So let's talk about Cavs Heat. Let's so Cleveland it. loses this game, uh, as you noted, a 20th straight loss for Cleveland in South Beach. Um, a 115 to 101 game. This was a game, Evan, that in my mind, I thought that the young guys on Cleveland played well. Obviously, Kevin Love was was in the lineup and Delhi was playing again, but um, there was no Jared Allen and no Larry Nance Jr. as well as no Dylan Windler. Cleveland had a bunch of ch- stretches in this game where they'd go down by double digits, whittle it back down to five or three or get it close, and then the Heat would go on another run. Um, a pr- overall, Miami kind of dominated the game. I think they led for like 45 minutes and some seconds worth of game time, which is kind of outrageous. Um, for Cleveland, Colin Sexton had 26. Okoro had 17 and 3. Uh, Darius Garland had 12 and 8 and was ejected with under two minutes to go. Torian Prince had 19 off the bench. Uh, doesn't Isaiah it, Hart. Go doesn't ahead. it feel stupid that... Um, Darius was ejected with like less than two minutes ago, and it was like a one tech ejection. Like, well, he got double. He, he, he got he got a tech, and then he got another one. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I remember I was listening to JV's comments, and he's just like one tech ejection. Those rarely happen, but I don't know. A ref has some fragile ego that they feel the need to throw out like a teenager just because they punched a basketball in their general direction, especially when there's two minutes to go, and this game's clearly over. Like, bro, just let the kid play and move on. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's get I'd into be, awards. I'd be then. frustrated too. So yeah. No, I I agree. It was weird. I didn't get it. I wasn't watching with commentary on just because I was trying to just watch and finish my gamer and that's, whatever. But yeah, that's what I do too. So don't worry. Yeah. No. It's it's no shade, but it's kind of nice. All I right. Like so Evan, let's Michael. do. Yes. Let's do awards. Um, Evan, my MVP is Isaac Okoro. I think I'm putting my foot down on this. I think this is his best game as a professional. He was it confident. Is shooting from three, two or two from three, three rebounds, had a block, had a steal, um, got some really high praise from Jimmy Butler. We're going to talk more about him in the last segment of the show, so I don't want to dive too deep into the Butler comments or kind of what about this game, but I just want to say he's my MVP. We're going to come back to this. Yeah, no, he was really good. Um, the clip you tweeted out of him just playing lockdown defense, like that was, um, I think it was on all the depot that he had it on just off the top of my head, but like he looked so good and I texted you about this. Like he shut out the water for a few heat players and I don't know. Isaac was super impressive. This is one of his more confident games. The most encouraging thing is he was five, seven from the line. He struggled as a free throw shooter this year, which um, is just a good surprise. But my consolation pick is, and I think the clear winner here is Isaac Okoro. He's the best player. I mean, Colin Sexton had a good night as well, but it's just come to what we've expected for Colin. Um, Torian Prince was a pretty pleasant surprise off the bench. I think him liking them tweets is really uh, paying off for him. But uh, my pick is Darius Garland because he had 12 points, 8 assists, and I just drive home the fact that like he was a central part in this Cavs offense, and he is a key figure actually in my play of the night pick. So, yeah, my pick's Darius. All right, so I think Sexton also deserves a love, as you alluded to. I think he cooked all the depot like a couple times. Like I think really kind of dominated that when those two were head to head, which is Bro, which Oladipo doesn't cook Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo's cooked himself, so it's just he's well done every time he goes up against a player like Colin Sexton. I'm just saying, good for good for Colin. Let's get into it's, play it's of the night. Sad. Yeah, all right, play of the night. Mine, Evan, is the Okoro play that you mentioned. So Oladipo um, is up at the top of the key. Okoro's guarding him. Uh, Goran Dragic comes in, sets like kind of like a fake screen to cut through, and Oladipo goes. He gets a little bit of, of an edge um, in terms of getting ahead of Okoro. Okoro recovers, and he wraps his arm or basically around Oladipo's head to swat the ball away. Torian Prince gets this while they push. The Cavs don't score on this possession on the other end, but this is just like a transcendent defensive play. I'm like, yeah. I, I, 
I'm getting really bullish on Isaac, and we'll talk about this again more. I'm going to probably try to write about this, but I think there's stuff on both ends of the floor where you, I think you have to feel pretty good about him. Even if he's not getting big counting stats, even if there's not like a 30-point game or like a breakout game that's going to get be super easy to diagram. I think there's a, he's evolving and getting better and improving. And again, it's not going to be the flashy stuff. It's not going to be the tightest stuff. Like his handle is still incredibly loose, but the dude's yeah. good. He's an incredible defender and, and he's already like really, really good on the net. And if you don't think that, I think you're just flat out wrong. No, I absolutely agree. This is what we've been talking about for a while now. It's just like the nerds who call Isaac Okoro bust because he puts up like eight points, three rebounds, like two assists, a couple, st- like a steal or two. And they're like, oh, he's a bust. He's not putting up like great numbers. I think, I know I like trolled a little bit and thought about the Tyrese Halliburton thing. And I think that might be worth merit. Like I think Halliburton makes a lot of sense on this Cavs team too, but Okoro makes just as much sense and he's a solid foundation and good building blocks to go off of. But like, this is a good game where he was solid on both ends of the floor. And like, you can have tangible counting stats that say, he was very good, and that's a good play that I pick. Like, I watched that clip a few times, and I'm just like, gee, sheesh, like, you're right. Like, there's just, like, a lot of good things every single time. Like, you, like, break it down further. Like, okay, yeah, he did this really well, or, like, he did this really well. And, like, you just enjoy every second of it. Like, uh, Scout with Chris over here is just really playing good clips. But my play okay, that I absolutely, absolutely get out of here. Okay, um, so I have two picks for my play of the night, and but my main pick is the Garland pass leading to the Sexton dunk. That was just an exciting play in general. Like, like you said, the Cavs battled against a very good Heat team, and like, there's a clear reason why the Miami Heat went to the Eastern Conference Finals and won the Eastern Conference Finals, and kind of hung with the Lakers for a little bit, but just bad health kind of sabotaged them a little bit, but. Like, this is just a good Heat team, and it's good the Cavs hung with it. But, like, that's my pick. Or I'm going to give an honorable mention to Austin Carr pointing this out because this is when I did have commentary on. But the Cavs had five passes that led to a Kevin Love pump fake that eventually led to a triple, which I think was Kevin's 10th point in the night. Um, it's just good offense. Like, I'm I'm a sucker for just good fundamental offense sometime, and the Cavs really let the ball stick a lot on offense. And that's just I'm, – I'm good with both. So those are just kind of my co-picks. I just think they both need a shout-out. Like, there's a flashy one because I'm a simple man, but, like, good basketball play as well. All right, Evan, stat of the night for you is what? Uh, the Cavs attempted 31 three-pointers, and I know we're kind of getting – we kind of harp on this, but we're getting a better taste of the Cavs maybe running a bit more of a modern offense. Kevin Love and Dean Wade were 14 of those, which is a good thing. And then it maybe if you uptick Garland and Sexton two more so they each attempt six apiece, like the Cavs are kind of cooking with grease at that point. Like 35 threes a night would be a good end-season goal for this Cavs team. Evan, here's mine. The Miami Heat shot 90.9% at the rim. Wow. I mean, I think – you know, having Jared Allen would be an altering factor in that. Yeah, no no shade to Tower Card, who I think is doing some stuff that's kind of interesting, but he got absolutely – he was a turnstile in this game, and there was no uh, ability to contest shots to the rim. Miami, you know, made more threes than Cleveland, all that stuff, but Cleveland just wasn't – like, this 90, 90% at the rim is, like, so far above average that it's one of those – another one of those things that it's really hard to overcome a team just being that efficient at that point in the floor. Like, you, you get dominated in that sense – um, that's just the, the kind of the way it works, and that's really tough. But mm-hmm. there we have it. Cavs heat. Cavs are back in action against San Antonio on Monday. We'll be recapping that here as we always do. Uh, we'll have a, a conversation about Duncan Robinson and Corey Kispert as sort of shooters um, and that kind of player in in the in context of what Cleveland needs and how they work in the league on that show as well. But, Evan, we got us some bills to pay. Why don't you tell everyone about, uh, about our friends at Bet Online? No, absolutely. Um, 
this episode is coming out on Monday. It's going to be Gonzaga versus Baylor, and you're going to be probably want to maybe make a little money off of this game. So why not use our friends at Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So, head on over to their website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, only if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Also want to tell you about the Locked On Today podcast. Locked On Today is your sports news, all of it that you need in under 20 minutes. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Evan, let's dive into... Well, where do you want to go next? Do you want to continue on Okoro, or do you want to continue let's talk, on... Let's talk about young Isaac. Um, okay. He's he's a damn good player, that Isaac Okoro. So here, here are, Evan, the three things that I think I feel very comfortable where he's already at, and I think that are very encouraging. Number one, he's getting more comfortable where even if his handle is not tight and he's going to cross a guy up and play make, I do think that it, it's really interesting to see him starting to feel comfortable driving into guys and driving attacking closeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, JB, JB had some interesting quotes about this where he's talking about how like he's probably a little fatigued because he's playing at so many more games than he would have ever in Auburn, even more so than like on the AAU high school circuit. Um, Colin and him were talking. Colin was talking about how he wanted Isaac, like, they don't care about mistakes. They just want him to be aggressive. JB's like, we want you to take the paint. We want you to be aggressive. And you're seeing him have success with that. Like, it it was uh, one of the plays we shouted out on the Sixers recap the other day. But Isaac driving into Ben Simmons' chest and finishing Mm -hmm. anyone through Ben Simmons, who is a defensive player of the year candidate, and in my mind, like, should be one of the the co favorites to win the award. Um, Not that that means anything, but. Co like favorite with who? Joel Embiid. Uh, I I mean Gobert. Uh, I hope David Locke's check clears your bank account. So proceed. He, he pays me in uh, in, in bill bars. Uh, yeah. You know, if the world economy ever collapses, you and I will be kings of bill bars. The currency. We'll, we'll just we'll the Northeast Ohio will just be us bartering. Like, uh, you need food? Well, give us protection. Toilet paper Here's and bill bars, baby. I'll have the corner of the market locked up so but isaac like driving in through guys like that is really impressive he did it against the heat he's doing this every game and again like he, there are things he needs the the mechanics of his shot probably are not i they don't like i'm not an expert in this but they don't look exactly even every time but he's willing to shoot he's attacking do you, think, closeouts. He, do you think he's a b plus a minus shooter do you think that was a, a lie or maybe who said that who he, remember when he said he broke down his shot at Auburn and said I was about like a C plus B minus shooter and I think I'm a B plus A minus shooter now because I've been working on my craft in the gym this whole like nine months off that we all had from like I don't know the draft was super delayed but I remember Isaac said that oh I blacked out of my mind I just think Evan and I think you look at this heat game you know you don't have the the necessarily have like the playmaking from him or anything like that like that's that's one of the things you want to see if that's what comes next out of this but he has a steal. He has a block. He's making just sound defensive plays the entire game. Um, he's, he, you know, as you mentioned, he got to the free throw line seven times, made five of them. He made two threes, five of them from the field, like making an impact on both ends of the floor. And like he's figuring stuff out in real time. And I think overall, again, 
this is probably the most complete game he's had as a pro. I, I think this was awesome. And he, he had shot, he, Jimmy Butler, who is incredible, uh, had this to say about him. Um, quote, I was talking to, this is from the Akramiga Journal, Marla Rittenauer's story from after the game. This is her transcription of it. Quote, I was talking to Udonis Haslam at the end of the game, and we agreed the kid's going to be really good. Butler said of Okoro on a heat post-game zoom. He plays within the game. He takes all the right shots. He gets stops. He rebounds. He's always passing the ball to the open guy. I really like his game. Obviously, he's matched up against me as well, and he plays incredibly hard. He's going to be in this league for a long time, and he's going to make a lot of money in this league too. Look, I, I just think Isaac is figuring stuff out. I think the template for him is really there. I think some of the underlying numbers were like, people are like, why doesn't he get steals? Why doesn't he get blocks? Like, he's got a really high, like a 60th percentile assist percentage for wings as a raw, as a like relatively raw rookie who didn't get a summer league or anything like that. I think he's already like a really good defender. And I think he's yeah. figuring stuff out on the other end. And we just need to see where it goes. He, we just need to see where it goes. Yeah, no, we, we do need to see where it goes. And, Cleveland fans again need to be patient with a young player just because not there isn't a transcendental talent like a Kyrie Irving or LeBron James on the table for the Cavs but you got to be patient and see where this goes and like you said Isaac didn't have a summer league he had one of the uh weirdest rookie seasons ever I guess is the way to put it but he's kind of growing in real time and I think we're just kind of seeing some tangible growth and development and like you said this is a complete game for him and I think him getting that kind of analysis from Jimmy Butler who is one of Isaac's players that he looks up to the most like that probably means a lot to Isaac and two Jimmy's just an honest player too like he'll tell you if somebody's trash or somebody's not committed to it like let us not forget um Jimmy Butler's a dog he may rub people the wrong way but he had to scrap from where he was to get where he is now like he knew nothing was guaranteed and nothing was given to him and then when he went to Minnesota it drove him up a wall when he had two number one, former number one overall picks in Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins who would just mail it in and not try their hardest. And then that's when the infamous he took every single end of bench guy and he beat Cat and Wiggins in a scrimmage in Wolves practice and then demanded a trade. And it was a huge mess. But either way, um, that's just a real analysis. Like, yeah, Isaac is just he has rooms to areas to improve upon and it's it's a shot mechanic not a shot mechanic so those aren't broken but like just some of the little things he needs to tweak as well to become a bit more fluid and reliable of a shooter but like five seven from the line's a good thing because he hasn't had a good year of free throw shooting but like the handle needs to be tightened up but the defense has always been there i know we were excited in the pre preseason because there's a Cavs player on the perimeter with a pulse that plays defense like that's just exciting to begin with but then isaac just continued to grow upon that and build upon that and like we kind of like poured one out from for a while because he had like that unfavorable task of defending the Kawhi Leonard's and LeBron James is like he had a he's had a, and James Harden he's had like a trial by fire this entire season because he's had to play a gauntlet of players and that's kind of unexpected and unprecedented for a rookie but I think again um, JB Vickerstaff is the defensive architect of this team he appreciates players who play hard he's more about we not me and Isaac is a lot of those things and JB's also not one to really lean on rookies sometimes. He'd rather lean on veterans, and Isaac has been a leading minutes guy for a while for the Cavs, too, him and Colin, but Colin's more of a bucket guy. But, um, no, Isaac's just been super impressive, and I think, like you said, this is one of his more complete games offensively. Hopefully he can build upon it when the Cavs head out uh, on Monday night tonight to in their next game, but it's 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 encouraging and like i've always been in on the idea of isaac i don't i do wonder what his limits and limitations and ceilings will t take him but he's the right player for the Cavs, and 
so many different ways because they need defenders and they need players who don't need the ball. And Isaac is exactly one of those players. Here, Evan, let's just say this for me, for him going forward. Here's what I would say. I, I think the two things I'd want to see. Number one, I want to. I think the aggressiveness is a really key point. Um, I think you want to see whether it's shooting, whether it's trying to attack closeouts, whether it's like, you know, going up for dunks. I mean, he has a couple like really impressive drive and just yam on people dunks already this year. Like he's got that in his bag. Um, And he's got a good point guard in Darius Garland who sets him up on like he had a good Darius had a great pass to Isaac that led to an Isaac dunk against Miami on Saturday night. Like mm -hmm. that was a really good play too. And I should have given that a shout out, but sorry. No, it's okay. So the other thing with him is turnover. So he's turning the ball over um, in the bottom, like 7% of wings, according to cleaning the glass, 16.8% of his possessions end in a turnover. Some of that's, you know, he drops the ball a little bit, the, the handle's not super tight. That's another thing you just need to cut that, cut cut those down to get, like, a, an improvement over the course of the season. Um, I'm going to look – I mean, do you agree with that? Like, I mean, is that something you feel is, is accurate? No, I think that's 100% accurate, like, the turnovers thing. I think maybe it goes hand-in-hand hand with tightening the handle as well, like, just – sound fundamentals just makes sense but no I, those are areas those are more immediate areas of improvement for an isaac like maybe heading into his sophomore campaign and then like the shot would be icing on the cake for me because he does have some limitations offensively at times but like, i think like you said a co- confidence and aggressiveness go hand in hand with each other too so if he remains aggressive and doesn't kind of float offensively because i know he's not going to really float defensively that often like maybe there's times he gets burned because he's a rookie but that's okay but he's been really impressive he looks like a grown man like in terms of intelligence as a defensive player but um, no, it's been, I think those are both fair assessments and I, they're all fair assessments, I should say. And like, that's just an easy area for Isaac to improve. And I, I don't, I, I, I don't know what his limit is. Cause if he does improve it, like it's just going to be even better. So it's just interesting to see where he goes from here. Yeah. I'll be curious to see if he becomes more, um, if he's like a three, four or if he's a two, three, like he could probably play across those positions. Um, and if he ends up like he's got kind of the butler, like I don't want to compare him to Butler because that's just insane. And I, I like what Jimmy said. He's like, don't compare me to him. Like, I hope he's 10 times better than me. I kind of I love Jimmy Butler. I'm all in on Jimmy Butler. He rocks. But like I like I want to see where his versatility pushes him. Is it more like one through three positional or does he get a little four? Like I that'll be interesting and see how the Cavs kind of approach that. But Evan, uh, we got we got some more bills to pay. I'm going to tell everyone about our friends at Bilt Bar. So Bilt Bar, obviously just finished up Bilt Bar Madness. The great flavor coconut brownie chunk took home the title. And they have would a bunch you, of other you, great would flavors. Would you consider them the Gonzaga or the Baylor of Bilt Bar flavors? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Oh, okay. The overwhelming favorite, I see. Proceed. Well, tell, us, well, tell me like, more about some of the delicious flavors that didn't win the Bilt Bar champion. Championship, I should say. Yes, there's cookies and cream, caramel brownie, um, coconut almond, mint brownie, and uh, one of the ones that got upset a little early, and people were, I think were upset about it, at least in some of these locked out jets that I'm in, uh, peanut butter, a whole bunch of great ones. These are healthy protein bars. They can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. If you look at peanut butter, for example, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, you can get a free cooler with purchase. That's while supplies last. And go to BillBar.com and use Locked15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is Locked15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. 
Chain stores have different prices here for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and markedly easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So, go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. Also want to tell everyone about the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Get more analysis on the top prospects in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Evan. Are you ready? You don't. You don't know what's coming here, do you? Uh, you told me about it, but um. no, you know what the topic is. I'm gonna. I have a Utah Jazz Cavs thing that I just want to get off my chest because it's driving me a little bonkers. But you don't know the context um, of this, correct? Am I? Am I? Am I? Um, am I? Catwoman played by um, the hell's her name? Um, Michelle Pfeiffer? No. Um, Ellen. This is this is embarrassing. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. That's it. She's just a generic white woman in my mind right now. Um, am I about to say? Is there a storm coming, Mister Manning? You're 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 uh, Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne with your bad knees and um, everything, but you still zip line down uh, hospital window. What a stupid movie! But go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, so lots on movies Warner, today. AT and T. If you're hearing this, we're really sorry for slandering. Please. Let me like talk about Space Jam because that trailer just melted my brain. They put Drogon and the people from Clockwork Orange in the Space Jam trailer. Yeah, no, it looks. Um, and the Night King. When I have something controversial here, I don't care about Space Jam, but it looks like a fun movie. Well, Twitter made you think that Space Jam, like, it was dumb. Twitter is just actually an incredibly. I have place. hardly and- checked the app this weekend, and it's been bliss. I'll Evan, like tweet this, my takes, mute them if they're calling sex and related, and move on with my life. Okay, so here here's the thing that I drive me a little bonkers. I keep hearing people saying the Utah Jazz are a template for the Cleveland Cavaliers to build. Okay? They're like, the Cavs have Jared Allen. He's the Gobert type. They have the point guards. They have the two guards, and Sexton is the Mitchell type, and the, and the Garland is the Mike Conley type. People. Chill the F out about this, okay? Chill out about any roster comparisons for Cleveland because, number one, all of these come together differently. All of these come together in unique ways to these teams, right? Utah um, cobbles together like a bunch of not high picks, develops them over time. Donovan Mitchell steps in when Gordon Hayward leaves for Boston and they, they get Joe Wingles off the scrap heap. They got Royce O'Neal off the scrap heap. They got Rudy Gobert was a later first-round pick. It's not like Rudy Gobert was like a, a top-10 pick or a coveted asset in a trade. Like, he was a guy they picked late, and they have really good big men development there. Then they get Mike Conley after, like, kind of searching around for a point guard for a long time. George Hill was there. Um, you know, they had Ricky Rubio. And then Mike Conley wasn't good last year. Uh, but Mike Conley is now, like, finally made an all-star team. Well-deserved. I love Mike Conley. Glad he made it. Well-deserved. He's having a really good year. 
how I Mike Conley is like seven eight is much older than any of their guys uh, than their core guys. He's at least like five six years older than Gobert or something like that. He's much older than Mitchell. The core of this team comes together in such a different way that like you cannot project Garland, Sexton, and Allen onto that. It just doesn't work that way. It is, and that's okay. That's that's the fun of this. Every one of these teams is unique. Every one of these teams is going to be built in a different way, on a different timeline. Things are going to break different ways. You do not have to project what has worked for another team onto the team that you are trying to watch. It is okay to not do that. You do not have to like send out wild tweets comparing Colin Sexton to Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic and LeBron James and shit. Like, I think the I think the Luka one was really stupid. I think comparing Colin to Mitchell as well is also stupid. But Hi, Justin. Um, I'm here for the jokes, too. Justin. I know you listen. Love you, buddy. But um, no, but, but, but like, I also I'm, think I'm comparing not, him not, to Devin Booker and uh, Jamal Murray is also stupid. He's Colin Sexton. Like I joked about the Lou Williams thing, but he's a unique player in his own right. Sure, we can typecast him, but proceed. I think it's just all dumb. All of these things and these teams are built so differently, and they break differently, and they don't work the same. And it takes different coaches. It takes guys at the right stages of their careers. None of these things are going to work out exactly like the other one. And acting like you have a template based on this other thing, when like the inner workings of the team are different, the players are different careers. Mike Conley had a whole NBA career that should put him that it makes him one of the most underrated point guards of all time before he even gets to Utah. And then it's like you're going to compare a point guard who's been in the league for like a minute to him as like your template. This is Balkers. Mike Conley was an all defensive player for years. For years, and you don't um, want to. Compare that I don't way. want to burst your bubble. He he made second team all defense once in 2013. Kay. I'm saying he's just a really good defender. Okay, uh, fair. Go ahead. Okay, Jared Allen is really good. He has not shown the impact. Like you can mock Rudy Gobert all you want, and it's fun to do so. What a bit of time he has not hit the levels that Rudy Gobert has as a rim protector. He's younger than him. Maybe he'll get there, etc. But like chill like everyone just chill on like comparing everyone to anything it is a dumb way in my mind i think it is frankly a dumb way to watch basketball it is a dumb way to team evaluate it is a dumb way to compare all these things as templates for exactly what you're going to do it does not work that way all of these things are nuanced they are they evolve over time it takes the right coach and the right players at the right time with the right gm and the right strategy and all this stuff and it is dumb to try to project Cleveland onto a situation like that or any of the other teams because it is unique and it is worth evaluating in its own context. And yes, you can use other teams to say, okay, like like later this week, we're going to compare what OKC is doing to what Cleveland is doing uh, because they're going to play. And I want to talk through like how these two teams are approaching them differently. But both of them have merits, both of them have flaws, and they all work differently and come together differently. And I'm sick and tired of people trying to compare the Cavs to like teams like Utah. And also, Utah's really good and the Cavs stink. Utah takes also, like Utah's been like one of the most stable organizations over like the last thirty years at this point in Cleveland. Can't tell it's asshole from the hole in the ground some days. So, and like and like I'll, I'll like I like JB a lot. Quinn Snyder is a better coach than him. Quinn Snyder is running a very precise, cutting, motion heavy offense that generates a lot of threes. And you know I don't think it's all fair to put this on JB. It is not. But the Cavs take like the least amount of threes in the league, and they have the worst offense in the league. Like there's just yeah. something these things do not are not compatible. I just am sick of trying to force things that are not compatible for the sake of like boosting something up to make yourself feel better about it or to get off a take or whatever. It is dumb. Like let's just chill the f out for a minute and just say the Cavs are what they well, are. And let's talk about it honestly. That is the that is the way that you actually should talk about this. And that's the end. No, of I agree. Career. Being being honest about things is true. I just think the only time you really compare the Cavs to 
what they're trying to build is maybe like you're trying to figure out what the Cavs are trying to do it. It's also easy to like to especially for us as we have a platform because whether it's for the sword or on here or like any work we else do elsewhere um sometimes it's easy to say like yeah they're doing something similar to the jazz but like you said this is nuanced and it evolves over time but mitchell's also just a very 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 good player too and like i I think that comparison just really annoys me because i know people like point at like oh this is what their stats are like if you look at their perspective years my thing with Colin Sexton and that Donovan Mitchell thing is, is like, let's put Sexton on a good team and see how he looks. Let's not let him have such a high usage percentage and let's see how he looks. Let's see if we had to put him in a similar role to Donovan Mitchell, do you get the same results? I think you maybe you will, but at the same time, there's also a voice in the back of my head that sounds like Chris Manning screaming, you won't. And that's the thing. Like the Cavs are just a bad team. The Jazz have always been consistent. Like they've had down years, but they've bounced back and they've drafted smartly. And like Chris said, they have good player development. And like the Cavs have these things too. They can't figure out how to win. The Jazz never stopped winning. <laughs> like they've built this team in the middle of the draft or the back end of the draft. They're not like Cleveland where they're handed top five and, picks and every the year. The highest pick they had, if I'm correct, or close to it was Dante Exum. Okay. Who didn't work out and was passed up pretty quickly in the grand scheme of things in Utah because that's when they were at their worst as well with Dante Exum. And then that was in 2014. And then things kind of went on the upswing after that because I'm pretty sure the Jazz picked Donovan Mitchell in 2015, I want to say. No, Donovan Mitchell was uh, uh, the first Gordon Hayward in Boston seats. And that was the same summer. Oh, okay. Never mind then. So he was the following year. Um, that would have been, what, 20, 2018? 16, 2018. Oh, my God. It's been even shorter than that. So, yeah, no, the Jazz have been pretty good. So let's – hold on one sec. I had a cough. Um, a spit go down the wrong way, so we'll cut back in in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so Axum was 14 – Okay, three, two, one. So the Jazz then picked 12th and they took Trey Lyles. Didn't work out. And so that wasn't a hit. And then I maybe they had it. And then 2016, they drafted Torian Prince at 12, but they traded that to the Hawks. And then they took Isaiah Whitehead, who they traded to the Brooklyn Nets with 42 at 42. So they didn't have a pick in that year. But and then, so like, like Chris said, they got Mitchell and then Mitch. They were already just a pretty solid team. And then they added Donovan Mitchell and then Rudy Gobert Blossom. Like, the Jazz are just a well-run organization. Like they're good at player development. They're good at not overshooting things. Like the Jazz are really freaking good, and the Lakers are vulnerable right now. And they could be like them in Denver could kind of be the favorites to get out of the Western Conference now because I don't know what the Clippers are. The Clippers destroyed the Lakers bench today on the Sunday night afternoon matchup, but. Yeah, it's just weird to compare the Cavs to the Jazz because there's so many external factors that come into play on why the Jazz are so successful, too. And if Cleveland had that kind of stability, which is what Chris and I would love to have with this team, like if they're as stable as the Jazz are, yeah, it's pretty good. But like the Sexton and Mitchell thing is my biggest like gripe. Like I just don't see it at all. And like people the get Gar- offended. The Garland Mike Conley thing's silly too, because like you said, Mike that, Conley the- is a grown ass man, and also like in a very very good defensive point guard. And Darius Garland has active hands, and that's like my biggest compliment for him on defense right now. Like he is an okay positional defender, but like he can get shredded on like a switch, and when he ever gets switched on. Evan, here's just what I'm gonna resolve for for me for for this podcast and my writing and stuff. Here's just what I'm gonna do. I'm not going to, if we're going to compare something, I'm not going to say the Cavs are this. This is the template for this. I'm never going to present these things as absolutes. 
I'm just not. Like, it, it is, I've probably done them in the Only past. A Sith so. deals in those. Okay, anyway. Which I'm just going to. itself is an absolute. Yeah. Sorry, Thanks. I know you're being serious. Just breaking my brain. Um, I, I just, this, we need to like change the way we talk about this stuff because it is like incredibly stupid. It is. And maybe that's something on us where we need to start like approaching this one from a different angle as well because I'm still figuring out how this Cavs team's building. And it's, I think it's just hard to figure out because we're three years into life after LeBron James and I know the Cavs have a lot of like broken pieces to pick up and rebuild from but at the same time I still have no idea what this team's doing so to say that the Jazz makes absolutely no sense because in all honesty I have no idea what the Cavs are still doing the Cavs are the Cavs yep the Cavs are the Cavs we should just leave it at that (laughs) yeah I'm just let's just let's just have better dialogue folks I'm sick of going on Twitter every day and then being like actually we're just gonna argue about Colin Sexton again today it's incredibly stupid yeah, you know, Cavs are cyclical people. Um, you can set your... It's like different times of the day. Like, it's Colin Sexton time, then we'll argue about something else that's stupid. So, it'll be Kevin Love discourse soon, and then Alona will be leading the charge defending him, so... All right, so that's going to be it, though. We're going to... Tomorrow, we'll be back talking about the Spurs-Cavs game for Monday night, and then we're going to talk about Duncan Robinson, uh, someone as a... Who, what he did to the Cavs on Saturday, and why, like, maybe you throw money at him, and why you might not. And I'll talk about Corey Kispert, who's the same... Th- on paper, the same sort of archetype as a shooter, um, and as a, as a... And stuff, but really isn't that and there's some red flags there that are that we'll we'll dive into just as the anti-tournament wraps up and later this week we're going to have a big Jalen Suggs conversation because he's just been the star of the tournament in a lot of ways and uh, we need to just talk about him as a draft prospect while the the moment is sort of here surrounding him but that's all coming up this week Cleveland plays a couple times a little bit less of a hectic week for them but we'll be here every day talking all things Cavs for myself for Evan this has been Locked on Cavs for Monday April 5th hope everyone had a good weekend stay safe out there and We'll talk to y'all soon. Lockdown Cavs is your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering the latest news, rumors, and game action from the wine and gold. You can follow us on social at Locked On Cavs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, email us at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerl. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.